All right, hello and welcome to the 4T Podcast. I'm Austin. And I'm Brian. And today we're going to go over the spooky, the creepy, and the cute <laughs> uh, realm of ghosts, foxes, demons, and other, what we call the strange. Oh, yes. So, Japan has a slew of different uh, uh, monsters and demons throughout uh throughout their traditional stories uh yokai yes is a good example um oni oni yeah. are a good example of uh of different uh monsters and demons and then they have two different types of ghosts as well oh wow so there's a lot to go over on this one right. so let's get started a good thing i will tell you now is that you should watch our video on buddhism shinto and like uh what is it religion in japan yep in itself it would be a good thing to watch that video before watching this one here because there, we're going to be tying in a lot of the stuff that we talked about in that video into this video as well. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of bleed over, so something to look into. So let's just hop into it. So what are yokai specifically? Specifically? Ah, wow, that wow, is... There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. What's the meaning of the universe? Wow. <laughs> like the universe and everything. Well, it's 42. So <laughs> now, uh, now, yokai in a nutshell <clears throat> are a specific type of, of, of demon. And I use the term demon loosely because some people will say monster and some people will say demon. And yokai are basically their own category. There's ab I don't think there's a way to effectively describe a yokai using Western philosophy. Yeah. So, as we had said in a previous video, in our previous video, uh, Buddhism has many different layers of the six layers of existence. So, in each layer, a entity, whether it be like a ghost or a demon or whether it's like an animal or if it's a human or whatnot, according to Buddhism, they have the ability to make choices. And depending on their choices will determine what they're like in their next incarnation. So, when talking about yokai, I can't say that all yokai are bad because of the that Buddhist six states of existence. So, in essence, yokai were used as stories to teach people how to live in society okay so now something that a lot of people will hear are yokai obake bakemono what's the difference between yokai and obake okay so obake can refer to basically let's put it this way obake is a yokai but yokai is not necessarily obake Kind of like how, you know, a, rom or a square is a rhombus, but a rhombus isn't always a square. Mm, okay. It's, it's kind of the same thing in that realm. An obake can mean uh, just like um, a specter or spirit. Um, obake can refer to um, uh, uh, something that's unseen, like having an effect on the physical world. Right. That can be considered obake. Mm. But um, bake mono usually refers to um, uh, an entity that is visible mm. that is affecting the world. Okay. 
Okay. So, yokai is basically a specific branding of obake that have a specific story with specific tropes. Hmm. Okay. Well, let's go into some of the some of the different kinds of yokai then. I know that <clears throat> people will always hear about uh, Hanako-san, the Toire no Hanako-san. They'll yep. be the uh, the the umbrella yokai. Oh, karakasa. There, karakasa. There's all these different kinds of yokai. What are the most common that are told in Japanese folklore or that you hear about? The th- I would say probably the three main ones that you hear the most about in traditional Japanese folklore are yukiona, mm-hmm. uh, kappa, ah, there we go, and nudikabe. Ah, yes. Those three are probably the three main stories that you would hear if you were to someone there to tell you about yokai in Japan. Yes. So <coughs> let's go over those three uh, just a little bit uh, for people who don't know. So what is the yo- uh, yukiona? Yukiona. This is one of my favorite stories. Actually, the funny thing about the story of yukiona is the, the creator and the writer of the story, the original story, was not Japanese. Nope. Yeah. It was created by a man by named Lafcadio Hearn, who immigrated and naturalized to Japan and later became Koizumi Yakumo. Hmm. And he, when he created this story, he basically created a story, and I, I'll just give a brief synopsis of it, unless no, you would go like ahead. To. Um, two woodcutters are working in the mountains. A snowstorm comes in. They find shelter. A frost woman comes in which is Yukiona, which basically Yukiona means snow and woman. So like a frost woman, snow woman comes in. She breathes frost breath from her mouth and freezes the older um, woodcutter. She spares the younger woodcutter just with the notion that he can never tell anybody about this experience. He says, okay. And then later, about uh, six months later, he meets... uh, uh, a woman with light pale skin who, which, which pale skin in Japan is considered to be very beautiful and most Asian countries as well like Korea, Japan or Korea, Japan, China um, Thailand, Vietnam uh, Mongolia um, most of the um, East Asian countries have a um, history about having pale skin being attractive anyway so he meets a woman with pale skin very beautiful they get married they have three kids um, then he gets drunk one night and then tells his wife about the story and then she turns out to be the frost woman and then leaves him with the three kids and never comes back. Yeah, it's a story that's been actually reiterated so many times throughout uh, other cultures as well but always com- comes back to this original story. Mm-hmm. So it's a, very, it's a very good story, kind of strange ending to it. You lie so you're stuck with your stuck with your deeds you have to take care of the kids yep but it's a it's a good story it's a nice nice one the other ones were nudikabe and which was uh, kappa kappa all right so kappa are actually famous here in uh miyagi north miyagi um city of tono right yes city of tono so uh the, what the kappa are um you can elaborate on this from what uh, what i say um, a kappa is essentially it's a creature that looks kind of like a turtle crossed with a bird. Kind of, yeah. It's and got a beak. It does have a beak, and it has a uh, plate on its head, a bowl on its head, 
And so it can come out of the water, but if that water ever goes dries uh, dries out, he will die. He he it will die. Um, and they love cucumbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, here in Japan, you can actually go fishing for them. Um, and if you catch one, it's really good luck. Yep. So, do you know a little bit about the history of them? And oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. It's a little dark, just yeah. so you know. <laughs> it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a grim fairy tale. Yeah, I know that uh, they were. I know in the past they were uh, thought to be horse killers and um, really nasty creatures. So there's a little bit of a history to them that might be interesting. Yeah, there used to there there is actually um, a, a further more original um, version of Kappa called Kawataro. Okay, and it was actually a woolly creature, a that, woolly li- creature. that lived near the water, and would actually drink the blood of the animals. There you go. Okay, um, but uh, Kappa, the traditional story from Tono, basically somebody had a child, but the child was like I think illegitimate or something along those lines, and they wanted to get rid of the child, mm. so they put it in the river to drown it and that, that's why the story gets a little dark and what happens is is that the the child died but there was such malice involved in killing the child that when the child reincarnated it reincarnated in that lower level of um, buddhist existence into like the ghost monsters demons uh level and became a kappa now, what the kappa would do would actually would take, and when children would go down and play by the river, the kappa would come out of the water, grab them by their legs, and drag them under the water. And this this story is something that everyone knows in Japan, and it's actually even told uh, and used today. So there's a lot of, uh, in Japan, there's a lot of drainage ditches and a lot of rivers that run through cities. And you will always see, not always, but you will often see a picture depicting kids being kids playing in the river and then there's a kappa swimming kappa coming to them and it says be careful the kappas are here or it's dangerous now (coughs) continuing on with the tono story what tono does is they have a special kappa festival in which you get cucumber but you don't just throw cucumber itself in there what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to uh, write your child's name on the cucumber Mm. and then throw it into the water so the kappa knows not to pull your child into the river. Mm. That's an interesting thing I haven't heard before. That's interesting. (laughs) Now, one thing that a lot of people always ask, and I'm not too sure about, is why cucumbers? Here's uh, here's a funny thing about that. You know, it's it's kind of like... um, why does Santa like cookies? Uh-huh. Why does Santa? Why does Santa only want cookies and milk? Why not cake and orange juice? It's just so good. Yeah, I know, but I mean, for a kappa, I mean, that's that's their that's their cookies and milk. Yeah, usually um, in most Japanese stories, there's a trope a character has of some kind, right. and there's usually something interesting about that like character, like a a specific thing that's kind of like abstract that's interesting about that character so as an example you have like kappa which is has a turtle shell a you know a beak a beak like a bird and like smooth skin kind of like a frog yep but it eats cucumber Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) all right and the the other one that um 
is pretty prevalent in modern culture and all culture is Nurikabe. Now, I know Nurikabe from the popular series Gegege no Kintaro. Gintaro. Kintaro? Kitaro. Kitaro, there you go. Um, where, his, where it's a whole yokai world. And uh, the Nurikabe is uh, it's a wall that pretty much an impenetrable wall. Mm-hmm. So that's where I know it from. Do you know any other references of it? or the, With the traditional story, what it is is that um, uh, according to the story, someone is out walking alone, and they're walking along like the walled-off gate of like someone's house. Mm. And as they keep walking, it seems as if the wall keeps going forever. And later uh-huh. they find out that the wall is moving with them. And okay. the wall has eyes and a mouth, and then it eats them. Ah, gotta gotta watch out for those living walls. Right. Yeah. Um, one thing is kind of a little side note here is that when looking at yokai, there is the pre-Tokugawa and post-Tokugawa yokai. Mm. Pretty much any story written in pre-Tokugawa, if you meet a yokai, you're gonna die. <laughs> in Post, uh, after the Tokugawa period and during the Tokugawa period, if there's a story about a yokai, there's a chance you're going to live. But if it's pre-Tokugawa, you're going to die. Yeah, that's one thing you'll you'll always see in the in the stories. Um, Yokai are always there either to cause mischief, to hurt you, or to help you. Yep. And so, uh, like some of them, they will. They're just mischievous, and they want to just play with you. Some of them, they are a little more malicious. They're they're a little more malicious. Malicious. There you go. And some of them just like to cause you trouble. Some of them have severe OCD as well. Okay. What which um, ones have Azuki, OCD? Azuki Arai. Okay. Um, Azuki is a type of red bean that's found in Japan, and I think it's the same red bean that we had on the uh, the dango here. Yep. The uncle. So, Azuki Arai is a, a a bald, looks like a bald old man hmm. that holds a, a wooden basin, and he's constantly washing these beans hmm. inside there. And when he finishes washing them, he counts them to make sure that all of the beans are in there, every single one. He has all of them numbered. So... If you were to bump into him and make him spill the beans, <laughs> uh, he would then chase you and try to hurt you because you disrupted his counting, mm. and now he has to go back and count all of them and uh-huh. wash them again. So, but that, that's one called Azuki Arai. Mm. And Arai means to wash or clean. Yes. Uh, those are, that's an interesting one. There's a lot of different yokai in, in Japan. Uh, I know that there's... Uh, there's some friendly spirits as well, like there's one who lives in tatami rooms. And if you go to your house and you have a tatami room and you see a girl sitting in, in your tatami room, it's supposed to be good luck. It'll be really scary, but she'll be there, and if she sees you, she'll disappear, and it's supposed to be good luck. There's also other ones that will appear in around your yard, and those are good luck. Are you talking well. about Zashiki Warashi? I think so, yes, I believe yeah. so. Zashiki is basically the spirit of a child that died, mm. that has not moved on, but they bring luck to your family. Yeah. 
and usually they, they according to like the, some of the stories and whatnot around this uh, legend of this yokai it's basically at night at like around midnight 11 o'clock where it's pitch black if you can hear little feet running through the house or you can hear someone giggling that means that you have a zashiki warashi in your house and that's very good luck yeah either that or you have mice that can talk mickey mouse is living in your house could be could be now one thing uh between uh yokai and bake obakemono and all that uh there's also some other things as well uh that are prevalent in japanese folklore like well foxes oh yeah foxes are really prevalent in japanese culture um they're even in anime like in naruto who has the nine-tailed fox uh, god so which his name is kudama there you go which and, is actually a japanese god yes and actually if you watch naruto there's a ton of different references to, to japanese gods and to japanese uh things as well and funny thing about naruto naruto is actually a continuation of a kabuki play yeah i knew that part and uh there's a lot of different things in there that are actually very are very interesting um that we could go into but i think one thing we should go into is the fox oh what yeah. is what is the significance of the fox in japan because it's everywhere yeah well the fox and this also uh, is a part of chinese culture and korean culture as well uh, foxes are tricksters um they have the ability to use language like uh like japanese uh so they can speak fluent japanese and they also have the ability to shapeshift yes as with uh, many yokai if i'm not mistaken right the majority of stories written about foxes most foxes try to steal from humans and try mm. to cheat humans there are however other stories and where foxes have changed into human form and actually became good mm. uh, one of the examples is is there's a character in traditional japanese folklore called abe no seime and abe no seime was a famous omyoji who basically could practice magic he could uh, dispel demons like with a twist of his like he could flick of his hand Ooh, nice. he could dispel demons he could basically anything that was like I infested with demonic power he could basically get rid of it according to the legends he's half fox oh. his mother was a fox and his father was a priest <clears throat> and throughout and to go further into this throughout most of these stories like with foxes and including ghosts at the same time there are in the legends there are children that are half ghosts and half fox hmm. including half tanuki as well oh interesting tanuki are also another animal that can shape shift and so are old cats which they call bakeneko yeah it seems that shape shifting is something that a lot of yokai share um shape-shifting into humans or into other animals mm -hmm. uh, to either guide you or trick you into different things. Uh, one of the funny things is is that, um, uh, and this is actually quite interesting, if you ever played the uh, Mario 3 on, um, what is it, the 8-bit Nintendo, uh, whenever NES. he gets the leaf, this is actually really significant because the leaf itself is what a Tanuki uses to shape-shift into human form mm. so when he gets a leaf he gets ears like a tanuki and then he also gets a tail as yep. well now when you actually get the tanuki suit 
and you get that five seconds of shape-shifting. You shape-shift into an omyoji, which is, or not omyoji, you shape-shift into um, Oji Soul-san. Oh, okay. The, um, the guiding spirit for, um, for uh, children that have died. Yep, the lost souls. And you basically become a statue for five seconds. But that <laughs> is because Tanuki traditionally would take the form of different items so that humans couldn't see them. Ah, okay. And that's the reason why the Tanuki suit allows you to change into that statue. There you go. Interesting stuff. So, now one thing that you'll see um, between some of the yokai, they've actually gone into religion as well. They've leaked into the religion. Or religion has... They've come from religion. So, one thing that a lot of people notice in Japan, and there's a lot of mystery about it if you don't do your research is with the shrines there's always these little shrines everywhere these little houses red houses and inside they have little statues of tanuki of the no of foxes sorry mm -hmm. so what is that all about the little statues of foxes the little statues of foxes um one thing I do know, and this might actually play into like the guard dogs mm. outside the shrines. Yeah, the komainu, or is that komainu? Komainu. Uh, komai right. The komainu uh, are usually the guard dogs that guard shrines on the outside. If there's a fox out there, it's actually Inari. Inari. <laughs> yeah, the god Inari. Ah, it's a shrine. Okay. Um, according to the tra traditional Japanese story, and I'm not going to go into full detail with it, basically, Inari did something nice for the foxes, and in return, the foxes guard his shrine instead of Komainu. Ah, there you go. And if you go to, like, Inari Taisho, which is, like, the main shrine for Inari in Kyoto, you see foxes everywhere. Mm. Fox statues everywhere. They, got, they guard the whole, whole area. Oh, okay. That's Inari Taisho. Hmm. So there's actually an Inari shrine... Um, in town here that is back that way and then at the Fox Village Zao's mm. Fox Village has an Inari Shrine there as well oh I see so that's why a lot of that's why a lot of times you'll see foxes in the shrines as well mm -hmm. so um, so what about we've talked about yokai and we've talked about the the gods a little bit what what about just normal ghosts in Japan? Okay, well, there's two types of ghosts in Japan. There's the slightly malicious ghosts, or like the the ghosts that usually take a free will kind of range of choice hmm. sort of thing. Like they can make good and bad choices. And usually people refer to them as obake. Oh, okay. There you go. Back to obake. But there is... The ghosts of people that had died under very malicious, uh, like, uh, um, conditions. Right. So, like, um, uh, as an example, if somebody, like the story of um, Kaidan mm. with right. Oiwa. Yeah. And her husband wanted to marry somebody else, but he was married to her. So he tried to have her killed, poisoned, had acid thrown in her face, and then tried to drown her in a river. Well, he nailed her, nailed, or basically nailed her to a board, a giant board, and then put her into the river. Right. And when she died, she came back as what's called a yude. And yude is basically a revenge spirit. And right. this, this kind of ties into uh, ancestor worship at the same time. 
in Japan, there are, what is it, all four seasons, there's a time in which you have to go and clean graves. Yes. And there's a specific time in which you have to go and pray specifically for the dead, which is Obon, which is usually in August. Like yeah. second or yeah. third week of August. And it's like a one-week thing. Reason being is because the last thing you want to do is piss off your ancestors. If you piss off your ancestors in Japan, they will come back and kill you. Yeah, it's it's interesting when you when you look at American folklores of ghosts and everything. They want to kill you. Japanese ghosts, not so much. But then there's the yurei, which are very vengeful. Yeah. So it's interesting. There's a very interesting range of spirits and monsters and in Japan. Another thing that's very different between the Western concept of a ghost and the Japanese concept of a ghost is in, in the West, usually a ghost is a gaseous form or something that's not corporeal. Mm -hmm. Japan, they're corporeal. Yes. Meaning, meaning that they, you could actually reach out and touch them. And they can reach out and touch you. So it isn't like kind of like a, a, I felt a push on my shoulder. It was like an actual hand that was attached to an actual body came up and pushed your shoulder. And that's why in movies like uh, Juon or any of the others from Japan, you see the people are painted white. They're not CG'd out. They're there in person. The actors are there in person. That's yeah. why it's always like that instead of I think CG. it was like in, what is it? In the U.S., it was like the Grudge and Ring, the Ring. Yep, and then yeah, and then Dingu, like... Dingu and Juon in Japan. Yep. yep. Which basic Juon means grudge, but exactly. Yep. Um, anyway, so when you see like uh, like ghost stories and whatnot for like from Japan, <coughs> I mean even ones like uh, there was like Pulse was another one, that was a Japanese one about uh, the uh, what is it? Uh, there was people disappearing and like there's ghosts. Mm. Uh, I, I, you got me there. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it was a good movie. I liked it. Pulse. Okay. But um, anyway, so the ghost can actually reach out and touch you. Now, as I was saying before, you can have children that are half fox. You can also have children that are half ghost. Hence the little kid in the grudge, the little boy who goes, no! Right? No, you're not half ghost. He's full ghost. <gasps> Dang. All right. Well, explain about kids and half ghosts. Half uh, ghost kids. Half ghost kids. So basically, a ghost can come back to life, or in this case, obake, can come like back to life in a full corporeal body, as if they were human. And they can get married, hmm. and you can have a child that way. Wow, fun stuff. Be careful who you marry. Exactly. So, but. According to the legends around that is that if you marry a ghost, slowly your life force will be sucked away from you. Ah, that explains a lot. So, like, <clears throat> the, <laughs> the, the, the there's more into that, and that, that goes into Chinese Taoism and whatnot, ah. and Taoist influence and Buddhist influence in Japan. But I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> But um, anyway, so slowly but surely, when I say the life force is sucked out of you, it's like you become more susceptible to disease, you become weak, you become uh, unable to do like uh, regular tasks, and shortly after you die. Basically, the, the ghost is feeding on your life force. Hmm. 
But even during that time, you can have children. Okay. Wow. Lovely stuff. <laughs> Good. Well, now it's time to power up the podcast with some coffee. Yeah. Um, so while we're on the subject of ghosts and everything, uh, what, what other... We have Naruto, which is a good example of ghosts and uh, the mythology coming into mm -hmm. into modern culture. What other ways have you seen that that you know of that uh, where ghosts and things have come into the modern culture of Japan, the pop culture? Like I know there's Naruto and there's yokai watch. Yeah, but there's also um, you also have like um, Nerarikyo no Mago, the grandson of Nerarikyo, mm. which is was a series that was basically um uh basically a story of the the hundred yokai syndicate in kyoto which is actually a real thing mm -hmm. like it was actually based on the traditional japanese story they they the the manga series that they wrote with this they took it in a different direction but they loose it's not loosely based the the majority of it is based on a a section of the legend they just built upon that legend is what mm. happened oh okay so mm. nerari hyon is basically a character or the, a yokai as an example he's the he's the guy that would come to your restaurant 10 minutes before it closed and then he would order like large amounts of food and alcohol and whatnot like run up a bill of like 300 dollars. then when it came time to pay and you went to go give him the bill he disappeared no, there was nobody in the building, but everything was gone. All the food oh. was eaten. All the alcohol was gone. So, according to Japanese legend, Nadarihon is the leader of the the yo, the hundred yokai in Kyoto, and nobody knows why. <laughs> Interesting. It's, it's like yeah, one of those things. It's like so. Why is he the leader? We don't know. Just because. Just you because. Hmm. All right. Well, that's Obake, Yokai, Foxes, Spirits, Movies, Anime. Do you have anything else we can talk about? Inside this? I think we've, I think we've covered a really good section All here. Right. If you have any questions, comments, or anything else you would like to add to this, whether it's uh, manga, anime related, or anything you've heard or seen in a, a story itself, please leave it in the comments below. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Mm -hmm. And if you want to reach us at our own uh, at our own uh, YouTube pages or anything else, uh, you can reach me on ALTX. And you can reach me at GuedoTTJ. And I think that's all for today. Bye. See you.